Good morning. I, I'm working here with my computer. I'm just not able to get the uh, sound to come through. I had some sort of a update on my computer last night, and the, the consequence is the uh, audio is not coming out uh, from the uh, audio edition. So in any event, we're going to continue with the show and uh, bring you some good information. Uh, the show is brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Naples Illustrated, bringing you infinite luxury lifestyles. The website is naplesillustrated.com. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Keith Flaw. Keith is the uh, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. We'll visit with Ellen Prager. She is a marine scientist. Uh, Earth to Oceans Incorporated is the name of her business. She's a Ph.D., and she's written a couple of books, among them Oceans and Dangerous Earth. We'll look forward to – she's been on the show. She hasn't been for probably a decade now, and I'm looking forward to have her back on the show. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. And we'll visit with Bill Barnett. He is the former mayor of Naples. He'll be with us as well. Well, it is June the 11th, and on this day in 1776, the Continental Congress selected Thomas Jefferson of Virginia, John Adams of Massachusetts, Benjamin Franklin of Pennsylvania, Roger Sherman of Connecticut, and Robert R. Livingston of New York to draft a Declaration of Independence. Knowing Jefferson's prowess with a pen, Adams urged him to author the first draft of the document, which was then carefully revised by Adams and Franklin before given to Congress for a review on June the 28th. Now, mind you, uh, the declaration was declared on July the 4th. Think about the short amount of time that this took. The Revolutionary Treatise began with reverberating prose. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of God's nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. And it goes on, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That one paragraph there defines, uh, we need to get back to that paragraph when we have with this identity politics and everything that's going on, just such an important characteristic of the nature of our, our uh, country, that we're all created equal. Well, uh, let's talk about uh, COVID-19 cases in Collier have increased to 2,230. About 1,008 of them are in Immokalee, which is concerning. It's kind of the hot spot for us here in Collier County. A total of 250 folks have been hospitalized. Death total remains at 57 right now. I found this, this is kind of interesting. The ongoing U.S. response to the coronavirus pandemic is focusing on testing and contact tracing to mitigate the spread of the virus as the economy continues to open around the country. That, according to Health and Human Service Secretary Alex Azar, We've got about 60 counties, he said, that we call hotspots that we're looking at, and we're really focused on, Azar said, the vulnerable and elderly will remain the focus along with prisons and uh, food processing plants, the meatpacking industry, Azar stressed, saying one cannot put this virus in a box and predict what it will do. We don't want to see any of the uh, cases arise, but the good news is that we have the tools to deal with those kinds of local localized outbreaks, he said. We can surge the state and local levels 
We at CDC, Center for Disease Control and Prevention, can surge in. We can test everybody. We can contract trace, contact trace. We can isolate. We can treat individuals with, uh, we deal with with any type of community spreading from that. So uh, this is reassuring because what it indicates to me is that uh, the continuing will continue to open the economy, irrespective of what uh, Fauci and others might say, uh, will simply focus on the hot spots and use the tools that we have available in order to solve the problems. Good news there on that front. I'm happy to hear that. So with less than five months to go before the general election and after months of being stuck in Washington with the coronavirus pandemic, Trump said on Wednesday that he's going to restart campaign rallies with trips already planned to Oklahoma, Florida, Arizona, and North Carolina. He said the first rally will be next Friday, June the 19th in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they go about planning that. Tulsa, I think, has... Uh, the Oklahoma area has probably the, a very small amount of outbreaks, so probably a good place to start. But the, the point being is they're still going to have to socially distance and figure out how to handle the crowd. That should be very interesting to see. I'm sure they'll have it all figured out by the 19th. Uh, Healthcare Network has opened its long-awaited medical complex in Golden Gate to be more accessible to residents in the region. It's a great organization, the Healthcare Network. The three-story Nichols Community Health Center opened June the 2nd uh, at uh, 12,655 Collier Boulevard. It's named after the Naples philanthropist Jerry Nichols for a substantial gift for the uh, uh, project, but he didn't give the amount. That hasn't been disclosed. The mission of the Nichols Center is to be a comprehensive medical home to the fast-growing region of Golden Gate with its estimated 36,000 residents living in the area, many of whom lack access to primary care services. It's a 51,000-square-foot Nichols Center. costs $15 million to build. It's near Green and Collier Boulevards. It sits on the edge of Golden Gate, where roughly 40% of the working population is employed in low-paying service and sales jobs, that according to the not-profit network. Uh, what I really appreciate that about this is that uh, they've roughly 40% of the adult patients have no insurance, and more than 60% of the children are enrolled in Medicaid. So what this provides, it provides the patients uh, with several visits a year for pediatric patients and one visit a year for a primary care uh, visits for uh, adults. And uh, they provide this at uh, uh, a very low cost. It's a kind of a sliding scale based on uh, their income and family size. Uh, in 2018, Healthcare Network provided more than $10 million in uncompensated care. So it's a great organization. They don't get the, the word out as much as they should, but they're very happy for them and with this new facility uh, in Golden Gate. Also, in, in our area, commissioners voted 4-1 to one to approve a proposed 642-acre rural village known as Hyde Park Village on the outskirts of Golden Gate Estates. The proposed development by Neal Communities will include up to 1,800 homes, of which a maximum or a minimum of 300 and a maximum of 1,000 will be multifamily no units. It will sit on the Everglades Boulevard in north, oil, uh, north of Oilwell Road. Hyde Park will include at least 45,000 square feet of commercial development in the village center and at least 18,000 square feet of civic governmental and institutional uses and up to 30,000 square feet of wellness and commercial development uh, prices are going to range from 168,000 for a multifamily unit to up to uh, $373,000.
Oh, good news for people looking for affordable housing. There's not a mandate for affordable housing in this right now, but it looks like those prices are pretty reasonable for a, a family. So the Federal Reserve voted Wednesday to keep benchmark short-term rates near zero. In addition to the rates move, the Fed said it will keep buying bonds, targeting $80 billion a month in treasuries and $40 billion in mortgage-backed securities. In the economy, the Fed said the GDP is stumbling at about 6.5% in 2020, but it will bounce back to about 5% in 2021. Well, the Dow is not taking that news necessarily uh, in a good way because it dropped 282 points yesterday. The Nasdaq was up and closed over 10,000 for the first time in the history of the Nasdaq. Futures are down going into trading today. They're down about 500. So uh, thank God it's the underbelly of the economy and everything, some of the complexities of what we're seeing right now is weighing on the, the Dow and financial markets. Well, New York City Police Department officers are retiring early after losing support from their higher-ups and from political leaders amid the mass protests and riots over the death of George Floyd, that according to current and former officers, uh, they of course were working long shifts and having a rough time, uh, but uh, they don't have the backing of uh, the local, local elected officials, obviously, with the Mayor de Blasio. So uh, one individual said, I'm hearing close to 600 cops have either put in their papers or are talking to the department about resigning or retiring. Like this is insane, Carrick, he's a former police commissioner, said. Uh, they do not have your back and will use you as a political pawn, Monahan said in the letter. My assessment is that hands off the protester looter or you will be assaulted by them. Hands on the protester looter and you'll be assaulted by our elected officials. Be careful, he said. Man, cops are in a tough position right now. And this is just such a shame that this is happening. Uh, it's, well, in cities like uh, Seattle, New York, other uh, uh, cities, Minneapolis, uh, but there are cities where, of course, the police do have the backs. Uh, the uh, elected officials are at the backs of the uh, police officers. Seattle, one of the most progressive cities in the country, is in a serious turmoil. Recent developments include a, a group claiming Black Lives Matter affiliation has took over more than seven city blocks, walling it off and calling for local citizens to donate guns in order to patrol the border. Within the camp borders is an abandoned police precinct. The uh, officers uh, <clears throat> who are formerly worked in the precinct housing are sheltering in nearby business. If you're attempting to laugh this off as an absurdity of the situation, consider that it's worsening and the city has not effectively counted the insurgents' growing list of demands. Uh, of course, the president speaking out about this and saying, hey, look, if you're not going to do something about this, city hall officials, we're going to do something about it. And, of course, that's not sitting well with the mayor, the governor, and others in uh, the state of Washington city of Seattle. What a shame. It's really too bad. Seems to me that uh, we're a nation of law and order. We should stand up and enforce the law. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Naples Illustrated, bringing you infinite luxury lifestyles. The website is naplesillustrated.com. You're probably going to hear a few moments of silence right now. I'm going to attempt to play the commercial, but if that doesn't break, I'll be right back with you with Keith Flaw. Keith is the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. 
Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And the website is gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Ellen Prager. She is a marine biologist and scientist. Uh, she's also written a couple of books, uh, Oceans, which are so fascinating, and a new one, Dangerous Earth. Right now we have with us Keith Flaw. Keith is the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Well, Florida Citizens Alliance is a, a coalition of now well over 100 groups, 60,000-plus um, people. That uh, and we focus on uh, education reform, K through 12 public education reform. Uh, to us, that means uh, supporting and advocating for school choice, parental choice, mm. uh, getting rid of the indoctrination, which I think we're suffering the effects of uh, right now with all this anarchy that's taking place, um, and, and just uh, you know re- restoring the the control of the child's education to to the parent. So say more about that, because I think it's kind of interesting that we're seeing these young people, uh, Black Lives Matter or Antifa, whoever it might be, who are protesting and uh, violating the rule of law, taking law in their own hands. There is a link, isn't there, to public education? Oh, absolutely. We've For two generations, and it's, it's, it's been accelerating. Our, our schools have been teaching our kids um, that you know uh, that really at- attack the whole concept of the rule of law, uh, respect for life, respect for indiv- your individuals, uh, and you know, kind of the Me Too world. You know, whatever I can get away with is okay. Yeah, and 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 we've been teaching that to two generations. Um, you know, so the left has totally taken over our public school systems, and I know most people say, "Oh, that's not true," but. I and mean, think about it, 50% of our kids in Florida cannot read and do math at grade level. Yeah. So how easy is it to control them? Yeah. But, you know, and here's the thing for our listeners that may have their doubts about what you're saying, and it may sound extreme, but uh, you've looked in, you've read textbooks, you and uh, your affiliates have done a lot of work with regard to helping people understand what's going on in our public schools. And uh, what you're saying, I mean, you've got proof, don't you? Yes, we do. Um, but I, you know, what really worries me, and I, you know, I've been concerned about this for many years, as you know. Um, but you look at the anarchy that's taking place. I assume you saw what, what what's taking place in Seattle. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, you know, the the complete takeover of the uh, of the police force and, and a and a whole precinct, one of the major precincts, is now totally under control. Six blocks, city blocks. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, but you know, mo- most people, and I, I, I guess I'm. Uh, being critical and maybe a little bit uh, too inclusive, but I think most people just don't believe this is real. Um, It's not going to affect me. I mean, the conversations I'm having with folks right here in in Collier County, oh, that's all those Democratic cities, and and that'll that'll get solved. Uh, Well, look at the, uh, look at, I'm going to call it a riot, uh, the the, the protest riot we had right here in uh, Naples, 500 people. I had an off-the-record conversation with one of our sheriff deputies the other day, and uh, he said that the people that they were arresting uh, were freely admitting they were here from out of state being paid. Uh, we had a small uh, 50-person riot uh, protest uh, right here on Marco Island. Um, it, it didn't amount to much, mm-hmm. but a little old Marco Island, right? <laughs> um, and I, I assume you're aware that on Saturday... Uh, there's going to be a, um, a major support 
for Alfie Oaks in the, from seat to table because the school district, the left, the members of the left, uh, are trying to convince the school district that they should cancel Alfie's contract because uh, he's, uh, quote-unquote, too far to the right. Um, hmm. and, and Antifa and Black Lives Matter are about to show up. I mean, th- this is... Uh, this is nuts. Yes, it is. Well, they, they're I'm hopeful uh, that the attorney general is going to get to the bottom of this, and they're, they're arresting people right now. I know they're starting to, they're, as he points out, the wheels of justice grind slow, but they grind fine. Hopefully people will be brought to justice. My hope is they'll get up the... Uh, uh, the food chain and get to the people that are funding this because I'm quite certain this wouldn't be happening unless people were being paid. Absolutely. But, you know, the old adage, uh, history is doomed to, re- if you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat it. Mm-hmm. And w- what's happening with, with Black Lives Matter and, and, and all these thugs that are wearing masks, uh, just think about the history of that. You know, the Bolsheviks in Russia, uh, the brown shirts and, and Nazi, and everybody said, no, no, this is different. Well, uh, what about Mussolini's fascists? Uh, and now we've got these thugs who are completely masked, um, no accountability. Uh, you've got the state of New York that arrested, I don't know how many hundreds of people and turned them loose the same night, and they're not going to prosecute any of them for all of the destruction. I mean, Bob, uh, I know I'm being a pacifist, but I think it's time to stop trying to kid ourselves right. and, uh, and, and get the quote-unquote silent majority off their behind. Well, you know, the attorneys general uh, in these liberal states, they've been funded by George Soros in their elections, and they've pledged to not enforce the law, unfortunately, and what you're pointing out, and our listeners not may, may not be aware, but literally, these folks that have been arrested for violence, for looting, they've been released the same day. They Because of this no-bail thing they have, I'm, I'm not sure that I could explain it, but nevertheless, they're being released, and the consequence is no enforcement of the law. Look, we have everything we need. We have a constitution. We have laws on the books. We simply need to enforce the law. Unfortunately, we have elected officials who've chosen not to do that. Well, uh, you know, at the end of the day, the constitution, as much as I support it, is a piece of paper. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, again, I'm back on a history point. Uh, think about uh, how we got into a civil war, Fort Sumner, mm-hmm. right? It took one shot, uh, one one major event that just blew up. Well, we've had these things now blowing up all over the country. What's it going to, you know, and uh, what's it going to take uh, to, to reinstate the rule of law? You know, I've been, uh, we've been meeting with legislative candidates, and, and one of the questions I ask is, is this fixable? And I kind of get a blank, st- a blank stare. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, I, I know I'm being sounding very negative, uh, but I think it's time for those of us who really believe in this republic to, uh, to openly engage, um, and peacefully, but openly engage. And if we don't, I, I, I think it's going to evolve into something much worse. So I apologize for being so negative. But, uh, uh, no, I no, I think it's time I... for that. Well, I don't know if you saw Tucker Carlson's show last night. I never miss it. I think it's one of the best informative shows on television. But uh, yeah, he was making exactly the same comments. He basically said, we need to get engaged. You know, people are not paying attention. And right now we're seeing this transformation of our republic, of our culture. And it's not, this is nothing that we could sustain. It's, uh, it's going to have a major impact unless we do something about it now. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. yeah. Um, if I can make one passing comment, uh, we we have our. Uh, I told you we were, and you know, we're involved in uh, 
uh, assessing candidates and helping uh, voters understand the candidates uh, f- for local office uh, on the 16th that uh, we're doing a uh, uh, and you're one of our moderators. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, we're doing the uh, Board of County Commission um, uh, a live stream virtual event. Um, so far, seven of the eight candidates have agreed to participate. We just lost uh, one this morning, but um, it should be a, a very interesting um, exchange and, and giving them the opportunity each to to make their case for what, why they should become our. You know our next board of county commissioner in the respective district. So absolutely, I know. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm glad to participate. I'm looking forward to learn more. Unfortunately, I've been paying I've been paying as much attention as I should. So I think that probably makes me a pretty good forum moderator <laughs> because yeah. I'm somewhat unattached to the politics here locally. But I really look forward to uh, participating. That's going to happen at three o'clock and uh, on the sixteenth. And how can people get engaged? Where can they find out more? Well, it's. Post it on our Facebook page. It'll be posted on our website um, um, this afternoon. Uh, this afternoon. Now, uh, we always talk about Florida Citizens Alliance, which, and I don't want to get too technical, which is our C3, 501C3. Yeah. Uh, this is election activity, and, and, it, uh, and so people can go to flcaction.org. Uh, flcaction.org. And it, and it'll be posted there, and we're going to be doing an email blast to about 25,000 people tomorrow morning at 3 a.m. So Perfect. Keith, I genuinely appreciate your commentary. For those that want to check out the Florida Citizens Alliance, that's uh, FLCA, uh, goflca.com, goflca.com. Keith, I genuinely appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to have a little bit of, (laughs) I found out, we're going to have a little bit of silence because for whatever reason, after this uh, update on my computer, the commercials won't play. So they're going to hear a little bit of silence while I get Ellen Prager on the phone. She is a uh, marine scientist and a very interesting woman. She's written a couple of books. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Okay, so thank you so much for your patience, that uh, silence. Hopefully I can get the commercial break uh, stuck back in uh, for the podcast. But irrespective, uh, I'm really pleased to say that we have with us Ellen Prager. Uh, Ellen is a uh, marine scientist. Uh, She's got such an interesting life. She's an author. She's written a couple of books called Oceans and Dangerous Earth. It's been probably uh, close to a decade since I've had Ellen on the show. She used to be a frequent guest. It's great to have you back, Ellen. Thanks so much for joining us. Good morning, Bob. I'm so glad to be back. Yeah, thank you so much. So uh, your business, it's Earth to Oceans Incorporated. What's it all about? So it's really, my focus is really about how do we bring science to the public, to people of all ages, make it understandable, informative, relevant, and I dare say, entertaining. (laughs) <laughs> That's why, well, you know what, I, I read your book, Oceans, and I found it to be so informative. When, what I discovered at the end, after reading the book, is, you know, w- with everything that we know about going to the uh, moon and the space launches and everything that's happening in space and uh, what we're learning about viruses, you know, we don't know a heck of a lot about our oceans. Well, we, you know, we know a bunch, but there's an awful lot more we don't know yeah. and that we're trying to learn. and. And part of it is, and we've discussed before, is that we just haven't invested enough in discovering about you know about our own planet. So there's a lot we have. We, there's a lot we have to learn. I mean, you look at it; most of the ocean you can't see, 
it's really deep, it's dark, it's cold, there's a lot of pressure, and so it's a pretty hard place to go to. Right, and uh, well, discovering all kinds of things that are happening under the uh, water, like, uh, for example, volcanoes that are going erupting and uh, uh, plate shifts that are happening within the earth and so forth. So, uh, you, But uh, you're participating in a lot of remote learning right now to help uh, in school districts. That's right. I mean, I think, you know, teachers and educators and parents were thrown into this so fast. People are like, oh, it didn't work. That well, well, nobody had a chance to prepare. Yeah. And so one of the things I've been doing is I've been writing, um, I have been also writing, I think since we talked, adventure books for middle graders. And my right now I have one out called Escape Galapagos. That The story takes place in the Galapagos Islands, and it talks about all the wildlife, some of the conditions, talks about some of the environmental issues. And so I've been doing remote presentations, virtual presentations for classrooms, for students, for kids. Um, I did an online reading for the Florida Aquarium where we took 10 days, and we ha- I had images. And those are actually still online. I had images in the background. But, you know, this idea of getting middle graders engaged not only in, in reading, which is incredibly important, mm-hmm. but also in getting them excited about science and conservation and nature. And I have to tell you, the remote learning, the virtual presentations have been fantastic. The kids have been reacting. I get to see them, and they ask questions. So I know it's really difficult, but I think we're learning a lot about how to do it right. Well, that's so interesting, and of course, the, your uh, enthusiasm is contagious, Ellen, and I'm quite certain <laughs> it, it plays well with the, with the kids. And, and you're quite right. I mean, I think the important thing is to have, make learning fun, especially when it comes to the sciences, right. for sure. So can you tell us a little bit about your new book? It's called Dangerous Earth. Right. So in addition to Escape Galapagos, which is the first book in the new middle grade series, and I'll, I'll tell you a little secret because I'm sure nobody's listening, the second book in that series, which... I hope will come out later this year. It's called Escape Greenland. Um, but I, at the same time, I published a nonfiction book, which I have to say, the timing couldn't have been worse to come out right as COVID happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's called Dangerous Earth. And what it is, instead of telling the readers and my audiences about everything we know about things like climate change, volcanoes, earthquakes, hurricanes, I spent about a year and a half to two years talking to researchers about what they wish they knew. It's kind of a fun take on what are the big questions that if you're studying climate change, you really wish you knew, or, or volcanoes. So it was really fun to talk to the scientists because you know, that's what drives them. It's their curiosity to understand these things. So they were really passionate. Like on, I'll give an example. On climate change, um, I talked to a lot of glaciologists. Turns out we don't really understand how big ice sheets and glaciers melted because, A, nobody was here last time it happened on the planet. Yeah. And, B, you can't see under the ice. And so that's one of the big unknowns is how do those big ice sheets and glaciers melt and how fast does it happen? You know, this it was, is... It's really... It's, yeah. I think it's so important, uh, Ellen, that, uh, you, you know, the, the whole idea of, of science is to have a hypothesis or a theory about science, uh, to go about and, and testing it and to disprove or prove as best you can, but it's always subject to change and to questioning. That's the, right. that's the very nature of science. What concerns me about a lot of the science that we see today is that it's like we know this, and it, it's like unquestionable. The, uh, right. And, uh, you know, I'm just finished reading... Um, 
uh, Judy Mikovits's a book, Plague of Corruption, which is really scary, quite frankly. It's about vaccines and uh, and and uh, big farm and that kind of thing. It's very scary. But uh, it, the basis of the entire book is, you know, what people and how profits drive, uh, you know, decisions with regard to things that we claim to know that we really don't. Well, I think I think the one thing, and this is one of the things I really push in this book, is that you have to make decisions and understanding has to be based on data. Mm-hmm. It can't be based on opinion or belief mm-hmm. or outside influences, mm-hmm. right, which is what you're talking about. But there's a lot of data out there. And so we, we need this, the job of a scientist is to interpret that data, mm-hmm. come with what is it telling us. And yeah, it may change over time, but when you get a huge amount of data and you get a consensus on what it means, then we're pretty sure, mm-hmm. I mean, like on climate change and the influence of humans. That doesn't mean, I mean, just because we know humans are causing climate change doesn't mean we know how fast it's happening or what exactly is going to happen in the future. And so that's kind of a nuance about it. But, it's, it, but the important thing to remember is it's all about the data. It's not about what I believe or what my opinion is. Mm-hmm. It's what, as a scientist, I see based on the data. Right. I'm going to come back to the point you made, though. Is basically, you're not saying this is what we know. Your book is not about what we know about the dangers, or it's what we don't know, which is such a curious and interesting way to go about the whole discussion. Thanks. So I, I, I start out with a little bit on each chapter, a little bit about some of the basics of what we do know. But then I try and spend a lot of time, and I, I quote individual scientists and some of their work on, you know, what do they really wish they knew? What are the questions driving them? Because these are people who have dedicated their lives to yeah. these studies. So you're a scientist, and I, I, I must admit that uh, I, I think I've seen a confluence of a, a political agenda with this whole discussion of climate change, a confluence between uh, uh, the uh, impact that, that human beings are having on the earth and the carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide, to me, I think it's plant food, basically, and the more we have in the atmosphere, the greener the earth becomes, and yet it's been demonized uh, by those that I think have a political agenda around alternative energy. Well, and I, you know, well I'll have to disagree completely with you on that. Um, Carbon dioxide, the big issue with carbon dioxide is that when it is in the atmosphere, it absorbs heat. And that absorption of heat is making the earth warmer. There is absolutely no question that that is true. And that if there's, and and I have in the book, I have numerous lines of evidence showing that the excess carbon dioxide in the atmosphere and again, there's no question about this, is coming from human activity. So, Ellen, uh, what I've heard is actually the opposite. It's not causative. It is actually the result of the warming of the Earth. No, absolutely not. There's no, there's no, and we may go, let's go back to what I said before, mm-hmm. based on data. So, sometimes people try to argue this with me, and I'm, you know, scientists, are, we're all about debate. That's great. Right. But show me the credible data that says that, and I will look at it. But every time I ask, like on Facebook or Twitter or anytime, even if people come and try and they say that to me, Bob, and I say, okay, show me the data, credible scientific data that shows that there is none. And so I think you, I, I think you should read my book because I show clear lines of evidence where it is clearly coming from human activities, principally the burning of fossil fuels. 
And we can even tell by the isotopic signature of the carbon in the atmosphere where it comes from. Hmm. And so there's no question that it's the carbon dioxide, and in, in, uh, in the book I explain exactly how it works, how it's long-wave radiation that's emitted from the Earth instead of going out to space and um, disappearing because of that carbon dioxide. It's absorbed in the atmosphere, and then that warms the planet. Right. So I think I, one of the things I really spent time on, just for this very reason, is in the book I spent time... In, I hope, in very easy language, explaining how we know, based on the data, that it is the carbon dioxide warming the Earth, and it's coming from humans. So I think you, I think you would really, really like that section. All right. Well, I'll certainly take. I look forward to reading the book. I certainly will, Ella, because uh, you're an entertaining and informative author. Uh, you know, my my. Uh, 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 Opinions have been informed by uh, Larry Bell, a professor at the University of Houston, space architecture. He's written a book called Scared Witless, The Prophets and Prophets of Climate Doom, which I found to be extremely informative and interesting. And I think you'd enjoy that as well, because he comes to a different conclusion, perhaps with some of the same information. So I wish we I had... I don't think it's the same. Yeah, well, I'll, I look at it, but I, it can't be the same data. So, and again, you know, one of the things to remember is that 97% of climate scientists not astrophysicists, not these are experts in climate, all agree about this. And so this is not, you know, just me. This is 97% of the experts who study climate. And one of the things you have to be really careful about is, is reading or listening to people who are not climate experts talking about the, their data or other data. So, again... There is a very broad consensus about this on the of the expert. Well, Ellen, I just genuinely appreciate the conversation. I've got to move <laughs> on to our next guest. Thank you so much for joining us. Okay, thanks, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. I think Professor Bell is correct about that. But irrespective, uh, we'll go on to the next guest. Uh, again, we're going to have a little bit of silence here as I get Seton Motley on the phone. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by... Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. The website is golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with former Na um, mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now we have with us Seton Motley. Seton is the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and yeah, <laughs> so, not though, we want some government, not like Antifa. Right. Well, yeah, well, it's less government, not no government. No, Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Somewhere between $4 trillion a year in Somalia. Somewhere between that, right. So, Seton, yes. uh, your latest column in uh, Red State, Moderate Democrats and Patent Trolls, Two Things That Don't Actually Exist. This is very informative and interesting. Maybe you can tell us about it. There's... Patent troll is a term that, of art created by people who don't like intellectual property. And what they, what they claim to mean is, okay, an inventor invents something and gets a patent. Well, if you know any inventors, inventors don't want to then manufacture what they've invented. Mm -hmm. the, the, the Venn diagram of skill set between inventor and, you know, manufacturing CEO doesn't touch. They're mm -hmm. just completely different skill sets. They're completely different personality types. Mm -hmm. A lot of inventors, what they want to do is sell their patent 
use the money to work on their next inventions. That's a perfectly, re- you know, it, it's property. You're allowed to do that. It's perfectly reasonable. Well, the purchaser, uh, in, in many instances, of those patents are companies or investment houses or whatever that buy a bunch of patents and then make their money back by leasing the patents like the original patent holder would. Again, perfectly reasonable, perfectly legal. However, the, the left, because they don't like intellectual property, call those people patent trolls. Mm-hmm. They didn't invent it, but they have the patent, so therefore their claim on the patent is invalid for some reason. No, the original patent was good, the original patent holder was good, the original patent holder sold the patent to this person. It's totally legal. It's like saying it, you should outlaw Hertz and Avis and Enterprise Rent-A-Car because they didn't make the cars they're, le- they're renting to you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's insane. It's completely insane. But, it's, again, it's a way to attack intellectual property without admitting you're attacking intellectual property. And these patent trolls, uh, asserters, aren't real. I mean, they're, 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 they're anti-IP people. They're fake. They're, they're pretending to be, oh, we're, we're for intellectual property. We just don't like patent trolls. Well, then you're not for intellectual property because that's, you know, getting the idea behind patents is to make life better for everybody, which means getting the patented ideas yeah. into into existence and into the society. Well, if, if the inventor doesn't want to do that, but someone else does, that's the point. Yeah. And um, just to show that the, the alleged, you know, the, the people who throw around the term panty, patent trolls are really anti-intellectual property, Qualcomm is a company in San Diego. Qualcomm is the reason... Uh, cell phones can connect to the internet. They invented the technology. Mm-hmm. Unlike a lot of other inventing companies, they do a ton of our. They're the reason we've led the world in cellular technology, wireless cell phone technology, throughout the existence of cell phones. It's because of one company, Qualcomm. And unlike a lot of other inventing companies, they invent something. They hold on to the patent and lease the patent and use that money to to continue their research and development. So they're not a patent troll by their by the less alleged definition. They're not selling their patents to someone else to lease. They're leasing them themselves. Yeah. And uh, you can look up nine thousand articles in in, in the uh, in the media where they hate Qualcomm too. Why? Because they're not patent trolls. Why do they hate them? Because they're asserting their intellectual property rights. Hmm. So, see, I mean, it, it, the point is, uh, who who would who benefits when uh, from this whole narrative about patent trolls? The people who want to steal intellectual property and not pay for it. That would include Google. Google is a huge funder of of, of people who call patent trolls. They yes, they Google, Google, Facebook. Uh, well, not Facebook. Facebook. Look, there's a, intellectual property is a minefield, and, and, and Obama's eight years made it demonstrably worse, aided by congressional Republicans to their everlasting shame. Yeah. Um, it's a minefield and crisscross of lawsuits because, you know, Apple is a big IP thief until 
you know, until their IP is stolen, then they sue like crazy to protect their IP. It's a, it's a big hypocritical minefield. You know, uh, I, I'm going to steal everybody's intellectual property, but don't you steal mine, or I'm going to sue. Um, so it's, it's a bunch of people that don't want to, you know, and these big giant companies like Google, of course, you, you know, they'll steal first and force you to sue them, and then they have, they're worth $900 billion, and they'll just throw $9 trillion lawyers at you, and, and, you know, there's no way you can beat them in court almost. So you certainly can't outlast them in court. Well, it's, it's certainly critical to, to protect intellectual property because without its protection, you're going to have people who have the capacity to invent and to create who just give up the ghost and won't even participate because they don't get rewarded. There's, there's investment all along the way in, in creating intellectual property all the way to bringing it to market. Obviously, manufacturing the product costs money. But the, 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 the risk involved in creating the intellectual property is exponentially greater than anything subsequent, um, and, and therefore the, the, the investment capital is infinitely more at risk than any other pro stage in the process. And you're right. You know, if, if you're a farmer, are you going to plant and water and fertilize and hoe and weed and all that if when your crop finally grows... Everybody on the planet can just walk onto your farm and take your prop, your products? No, of course not. It's human nature. Yeah, it makes sense. Seat Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. If you want to read the column, you can go to Red State just to uh, do a search on Seat Motley, uh, the founder and president of Less Government. You can find out more by visiting lessgovernment.org. You can also find out more by uh, visiting uh, Less Government on Facebook. Seat, always great to get your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, indeed. Well, this is so interesting. And I, I, again, no commercial break, but uh, we're going to have a moment of silence now while I get the former mayor of Ma Naples on the phone, Bill Barnett. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Okay, we're back right now. We have with us the mayor of Naples, or former mayor of Naples. To me, he'll always be mayor, Bill Bar <laughs> mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Bob. It's uh, kind of nice. Um, so, so the listeners don't have, but aren't getting any good commercials this morning. Not no good commercials, no intros, no <laughs> outros. <laughs> you know, oh, anything man. can happen, and it happened today. It's just I've never had that happen before. Uh, I had my wow. I had my computer uh, last night. I came in this morning, and, and it obviously updated. And uh, so, okay, so I had to open everything back up again. And uh, when I did. Uh, my audio yep. edition just doesn't work, so uh, we'll have to call the my IT guy and get everything repaired. Yeah, that well, I'm sure they could live without everything for one day anyway, right? I guess so. I mean, <laughs> you, you, have, <laughs> you have good, you have good, uh, uh, good followers, so uh, there's no issues there. Yeah. Well, so, th what do you think, Bob? With everything going on, well, where do you start? I know exactly. I mean, uh, we've got uh, lawlessness going across the country, which is really disturbing. Seven square blocks in Seattle, and uh, the governor was acting like he didn't even know about it, un unfortunately. But we've got this, this uh, I, I, I know you always were enforced the law, and uh, certainly we live in an Absolutely. area where we enforce the law, but how, how can elected officials decide not to do that? I just, it baffles me. It absolutely baffles me. It's because you get they get caught up in the uh, uh, in the in the um, in the flow, so to speak, and it just absolutely to me is is absurd. Um, you know, can you imagine um, 
you know, trying to to disband or um, uh, you know reduce our sheriff's department and our 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 and Naples Police Department. I mean, you know, the people here. Um, we we respect our law enforcement. We care about them, um, and um, they do a great job for us. Yeah. So I just think you know, and then the the protesting every night and. I can understand that. You want to protest, hey, that's, that's, that's fine, you go ahead. But they make it sound like, like this morning, you know, they're saying, well, okay, those that are, that have, uh, that are, 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 are starting to, um, I don't want to say disband, but at least take funds and donate them, you know, to, uh, to Black Lives uh, uh, Matter causes. Um, you know, it almost makes you want to sound, I, I said to Chris this morning, I said, so that means all the people that were looting and breaking windows and and uh, stealing and and burning their own neighborhoods down, uh, all of a sudden today they're going to become model citizens, right? Uh, it's like, yeah, come on. Um, uh, I, I just think the reality, Bob, has gone out the, out the window in a lot of these cases. Well, you know, um, <laughs> you know who I feel for. I mean, the, the uh, New York City Police, for example. I mean, they they don't have for they, sure. They, there's nothing they can do that's right. They, if they if they protect the city and uh, they, they they get criticized uh, by the by the elected officials by Bill De Blasio, if they if let things happen, you know, uh, they ha- they have looting and uh, destruction of property, uh, kill, yeah, killing I, all kinds I, I of mean, things. It, and they had a they had a union. Uh, I saw it on Facebook last night. It was terrific. Um, I guess he was head of the, one of the police unions or whatever. And yeah. he gave an impassioned speech that was great. I mean, unbelievable. He says we have hundred million um, uh, requests and people that that care and whatever. I mean, you know, uh, he made a he he made a, a very 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 strong point that you know we we care about our police and we and. You know, Bob. No matter what in life, whether it's um, law enforcement or anything else, not everybody is going to be a good person. And um, you know, it showed. I mean, there's no way that that gentleman should have should have died like that. Nobody should have. Right. But um, to paint to take you know the the episodes of of police brutality, which there are more than there should be. But these are human beings that we can't. There's no way in the world that. That, that that anybody can pick somebody an apple, you know, off a tree that's that, that's bad, and that's basically what they're making models out of. Well, and and it's uh, it's unfortunate. Yeah, no, I'm 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 just uh, I've heard that the uh, police unions protect these bad apples. In some cases, they've uh, committed atrocities more than once, and uh, they get reinstated, unfortunately, because of the unions. If we're going to have some sort of reform, that certainly needs to be on the short list, because it, that there's no way that a bad apple should be protected by the union. He should continue his job. When he's demonstrated, he or she is uh, uh, has a propensity to make bad, bad decisions. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. And that is I mean, I've witnessed that. So you, you are you are correct, you know. And the police chiefs are have their hands tied because the the unions who are strong they protect their their members. And um, in a lot of cases, um, when something is so blatant, you know, you're entitled to an attorney and let your attorney handle it and what have you. But um, you're right; that should be on the short list. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more. But generally, I mean, you know, uh, uh, it's just been a, a wild couple of weeks, let's face it. 
been you a know, wild and here we are yeah <laughs> hey how about this um, how about the uh, the protests uh, and I, I look at the irony of somebody like uh, Whitmer in, in Michigan for example demanding social distancing and not being able to be uh, buy plant seeds and all this type of thing and then right, I mean and then you yeah, have the rioting going on yeah I mean it just there's no <clears throat> there's absolutely no rhyme or reason and um Last night, I guess they were downtown Naples. Uh, they were down in the city of Naples last night. I didn't hear of anything uh, major going on other than somebody had a loudspeaker, and you know they were they were they were talking. A lot of young people. I'm not even sure they knew what they were there for. If you to be candid, other than the fact that it was time to party or whatever. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's just. Well, uh, but I, eventually, yeah, go ahead. I'm no, sorry. just my previous guest, uh, Keith Flo, was on the show, and he said he, uh, a police officer said off the record, he said that uh, he f- he uh, discovered that uh, some of these people were from out of town, from out of state, and they were paid. Sure. I believe that, absolutely believe that. I've seen it all over the U.S. You know, we've seen, we've seen um, uh, examples of that, that, uh, you know, they're just uh, agitators. And... Um, they come in and um, uh, make it look like it's it's the it's the it's our own citizens when it isn't. Yeah, you know some of these people never been here before. But you know, hey, listen, this too shall pass, Bob. I certainly hope so. I mean, the the the, the one thing that concerns me is that uh, we're seeing at this at such a level. Can you believe it? This is happening in downtown Naples. Paid paid agitators here. It's just beyond no. beyond the pale, and uh, it's happening in New York. It's happening in Kentucky. It's happening all over the the nation. Uh, this right. has got to be a lot of money behind this. I hope they can go up the food chain and figure out who's responsible for this financially. I I think they 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 probably will, and then we got you know couple of months for we're election time and uh um i think it's 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 going to be interesting without a doubt and we'll sit in naples florida and uh and be on the bob harden show every week and uh <laughs> uh you daily and we'll continue with our uh with our rhetoric right absolutely so bill before i let you go any good scoop for yeah. the city of naples any uh meetings or things uh, that- uh planning Planning Advisory Board met yesterday, and and my friend on, who's on that board told me last night, called me last night, and said everything went well. That it'll be interesting when what they've what they did yesterday gets to City Council to see how City Council deals with it. That'll be a true test, and we definitely will weigh in on that. Fantastic, Bill Barnett again, former mayor of Naples. I to me, Bill, you'll always be the mayor of Naples. <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks, Bob. I still get to keep the title, too, so that's that's a good thing. Mayor Bill Barnett. <laughs> Bill, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Stay safe, and if you're playing golf, Bob, as always, hit him straight. Uh, I'll do my best. Thank you, Bill. Yes, I am playing golf in a little while, but i got to fix this computer. Don't know why this happened. Uh, but I would appreciate your comments. If you enjoyed the show today and you suffered through the, the silence, uh, drop me a note and let me know what your thoughts might be. Also, if you'd like to get on the mailing list, I send out an email on the show uh, every day. So you can find out more by visiting, uh, send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. Tomorrow, we're going to visit with Byron Donalds, uh, our state representative and candidate for U.S. Congress, who, by the way, was just endorsed by the Club for Growth, and that's a big deal. 
Uh, we're going to visit with uh, William Yateman. He is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. William will be joining us. Sharon Kenny is the author of Where Should We Eat? She'll be with us as well. Hopefully I can get all this equipment working and, and get everything up to speed. In the meantime, I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste.